co-hosts V and I'm your other co-host Meg and we have a very very special guest here with us today and I'm the special guest I'm Val yeah my wife is here (laughs) yes I am yeah (laughs) you know it's going to be a special episode when we bring in the top gun (laughs) absolutely if Val is going to be on our episode it's about to be a banger I'm the expert of fun over here hopefully (laughs) We'll see. That's my title here. Oh, never mind. I'm not trying to dethrone you. <laughs> it's all good, babe. It's all good. I'll be the jester. <laughs> You'll okay. be the jester. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into our topic, we obviously have started doing our news intro. So I've got some things and... There's one of them that we're going to be saving for last so we can have a real deep, heated conversation. (laughs) Save the best for last. Yeah, when we say deep, heated conversation, I mean Meg is going to pop off, but (laughs) we'll get to it. (laughs) Okay, so the first bit of news that I thought was quite interesting is the first original comic book series, Stuff of Nightmares from R.L. Stein is coming out this September. Oh, that's exciting. Mm, I love me some R.L. Stan. Exactly. And it's going to be a comic book, which, you know me, less words, the better. So (laughs) more pictures, please. I like the pictures. Yep. Exactly. So it's going to be really interesting because obviously it's going to be the same, I think, artists that they do the covers with. So fingers crossed. It's going to be up to... R.L. Stein level of greatness. I wonder if it's going to be like, since it is a comic book, if it's going to be more like Goosebumps or more like Fear Street. Mm. It could be like Goosebumps meets um, Creepshow. That's exciting. We will have to see in September. Yes, Mm. we will. So does it have like an official release date or just are they saying September? It's just saying September currently, so obviously the more information we get, we will update, and obviously Meg and I will talk about it privately, because we get very excited about these sorts of things, (laughs) and we can't save everything for the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next bit of news, which I'm a little bit intrigued about, Um, obviously we know the Spirit Halloween film's coming out, they released the teaser trailer for it recently, so... Over in the UK, we don't have Spirit Halloween, but when um, I visited New York when I my, turned 18 with my mum, there was a spirit there, went in there, loved life. Mm-hmm. But you guys know more about the Spirit Halloween stores. So how do you feel that they're making this into a film? Do you think it's going to be good, bad, <sighs> mediocre? Heavy breathing. I'm very excited. Very excited. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, this is the first time I've heard about this. Wait, you haven't heard about this? No. Okay, so they're doing a movie, and it's about these kids that go into Spirit Halloween after they close, and some of the animatronics come to life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched a teaser teaser trailer for it yet, but I did see the the characters that are going to be involved in it, and there's one that, like, crawls around, and, like, anything crawling on the floor, you can count me the Mm -mm. fuck out. I'm I'm interested to see what they do because, as we've seen, when they try and make films out of, you know, entities and properties from the real world and try and make it a film when it's not really supposed to be a film, it's going to be interesting to see how they make the creep factor creepy. It gives me Night in the Museum vibes. Mm-hmm. I love those films. Oh, me too. They're just me too. little joys. Um, I have a feeling that this is going to be like a cheesy, B-rated, low-budget horror movie, which, you know, we have a soft spot for, I mean, considering what we're talking about today, so I'm really excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and obviously, we will talk about it when it comes out. Yeah, because we're spirit Halloween girlies, so. <laughs> I, I, am a, I am in spirit. <laughs> but I'm Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> so 
the next bit of news, which I feel like is just at the moment a thought in the wind, but I thought we should share it. Did you say a thought in the wind or a fart in the wind? Whichever way you want to take it, babe. <laughs> Whichever way. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, the majestic man that is Bruce Campbell has recently said that there could be a animated Evil Dead series <laughs> in the work. I saw that. Val, you were the animation person. Yes. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel happy. Also, speaking of Bruce Campbell, I, he was literally in my dream last night. Wait, I haven't even heard about so this. Weird. Please, please explain. I, we were, okay, so my dream last night had to do something with aliens. I don't know what it was. I don't even know why he was in there, but he just rolled up in there and it was Bruce Campbell and we were like, what are you doing here, Bruce? As if I'm on first name basis with him. And he was telling me that he was here to like kick ass or something. I mean, do we cuss on here? Yeah, we oh, do cuss yeah, on here. Kick yeah. ass. Um... <laughs> that's a very on brand for him and i love that so it was very interesting yeah. very yeah. bruce campbell just be like i'm here mm-hmm. to kick some ass yep i was like okay mm-hmm. yeah no that is very interesting dream you had there <laughs> and of all people to show up bruce campbell and were you I- thinking about him before you went to sleep no or- and unlike megan's the bigger <laughs> evil dead fan so like for him to show up in my dream i was like this is interesting why are you here <laughs> It's also a weird coincidence because I was struggling to fall asleep, so I put Evil Dead on to fall asleep last night. We're all connected. Yep. (laughs) We're in the metaverse. (laughs) I was going to say, that's not the type of um, Bruce Campbell dreams I like to have. Uh, uh. Oh, no. Insert wink here. (laughs) Okay. This one is quite interesting. Um, Anne Doe from Hereditary. Um, is the first to join Blumhouse's Exorcist trilogy. <laughs> per our reboot episode, I'm just like, why are we rebooting The Exorcist? I will say, we, st- me and Val started um, The Exorcist TV show, and like, it was one of those shows that was really good, but for some reason we just stopped watching. Like, you know how that happens. Um, which yeah. I would love to pick back up again. Yes. But um, why are we rebooting The Exorcist? Why why are we doing this? Also, why is it a trilogy? I mean, I know that there are like multiple exorcist movies, but like I don't feel like we're so far from the original exorcist movie that we need to reboot it. I get when things have been like you know kind of forgotten and we reboot them, but like The Exorcist is still a golden standard for horror, so why are we doing this right now? I just feel like it's about to be a crash and burn, dude. But this is the thing. Blumhouse either hit or they don't. And I have a feeling this is going to not hit. I think it's going to be an absolute miss. Because like you said, The Exorcist is still iconic. Like, if you want to watch, like, you know, an Exorcist film, you immediately go to The Exorcist. Because yeah. it still stands up to this day. The creep factor, the actual exorcism in the film is just next level. Like, I don't think anyone's done anything like that to that level. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see, one, how they're going to reboot it, and two, why is it going to be a trilogy? Do you think that it's going to be... Those are the two things. Do you think it's going to still follow Reagan? Like, do you think that they're going to do a completely new storyline, or do you think that it's going to be similarly tied to the original? So this is... So this is literally just the thought that's popped into my head. So if they're making it a trilogy, it could be two other exorcisms in one, like, you know, in the first film, it's a completely different exorcism. In the second film, it's going to be another different story to an exorcism. And then I think the third one could be a reboot of the original exorcism exorcist where they followed the reagan story i don't know i don't know how to feel about it i guess i'll know closer to it coming out but right now i'm just kind of like why are we doing this i wonder if they'll use like if they'll do maybe like like you said like different exorcism cases but it's the same demon that was attached to reagan Mm. or something like that like maybe that's how they could tie it with it and like maybe they'll like yeah you know how because like with reboots or at least with these like they want to bring a new cast of characters so they can kind of continue on 
and they could sit there and like bring her in and like the second one or the third one being like surprise guess who's here <laughs> surprise and then her head turns around and then she starts spitting vomit <laughs> mm. it will it's definitely gonna be interesting because this is actually the only information that we have currently you know on it another thing is i think it would be interesting if they didn't not a prequel, but, like, kind of did, like, cases that Father Damien had already done in, like, his earlier years. I think that that would be cool, mm. too. But who who knows? If they don't do this, then they've missed, they missed a trick. Maybe we should write some reboots. I know. Like, <laughs> seriously, I feel like we, we could. We got some three very good creative minds. Like, let's do it, y'all. Come on, Hollywood. Let's do Sign it. Sign us up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jordan Peele, where you at? <laughs> Find us, babies. <laughs> okay, so this is the second to last news, which me and Meg are very excited about. My Best Friend's Exorcism is being made into a series by Amazon in September, starring Ellie's Fisher from 8th Grade and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I am excited for this. I read the book, um, and it's very interesting. It's a very stylized book. So, but the writer has that kind of style. Yeah, he does. Um, so I'm excited because, like, reading it, you can like almost picture these characters, and it's set in the 80s. So I feel like it's going to be super, super fun. Um, I love Elsie Fisher, and um, I will, I will pretty much watch whatever she's in, even though I haven't watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre yet. <laughs> Maybe don't. Yeah, that's um, (laughs) kind of the vibes that I've been getting. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to see who she's playing. I don't think that they have said who she's playing. But Mm. um, I feel like it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, again, Amazon are very hit and miss with their series. So if they can do it well, then, you know, we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. But if it's shit... We're just going to make like a little editor's note and be like, we don't recommend this series. As a fan of the books, don't you? Um, Speaking of something that we like, we're kind of on the fence about, we watched They Slash Them last night. I've heard so much shit about it. So I like that they were able to like be very inclusive. Like the cast was super inclusive, I thought. But it was disappointing. knowing i think i think his name is john logan who wrote who wrote penny dreadful wrote this and directed it because i know that he has so much potential but i feel like it was just not completely there it it left you wanting more is what i told her earlier yeah like there was something is that a good thing or a bad thing Mm. because sometimes wanting more is good and other times it feels like it's lackluster therefore you need some more and that's a bad thing okay i think they could have expanded on the stories more i think it the format of being a movie and being like an hour and 44 was not long enough to kind of get you to know the characters and love them and the story they were giving it it was an interesting concept but I think it should have been able to kind of flesh it out more. I We were talking about how it probably would have been better as a series, like a, like a, like just even if it was a limited series, because I feel like the, the idea was there and that, but it could have been executed and written so much, like so much better. Um, and I feel like we could have really like gotten more out of it. Like the kills, dude, it was so boring. Yes. Like the kills were so boring, oh. which is sad. And like again, because I'm such a big fan of Penny Dreadful, like I know that he can write some pretty fucking brutal shit. So like the fact that it wasn't there, I do applaud him for like having an inclusive cast and like really trying. Honestly, I probably would have really liked it if I was like 13, 14 watching it, like mm. that kind of vibe. It just wasn't all there i would have loved to see like the backstories of all of the the kids there like they had them like i guess spoiler alert like they had them all (laughs) in a circle and they were all talking like why are you here and they were telling it you know the counselors this is why i'm here but i would have liked to have seen at least the home aspect i like that they showed like it being 
the camp to um, showing people like this is what happens at camps like these. Yeah. Look at where you're sending your children and kind of putting light to it. But it I don't know, like it it I needed more. I think that the scariest part of the whole movie was um, there's a character named Gabriel, and I'm so sorry. Um, this dude looks exactly like Zelda from Pet Cemetery, and that is not a compliment. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting is it kind of feels like a PSA for these kinds of camps, but sprinkled in horror. Mm, yeah, and it was a little cringe at points, but yes. like... And it honestly didn't even give me much horror, like horror at all. Like it, I don't know. It felt very lackluster and I feel so bad, but like, yeah, I, I needed something mm. more. I needed it. Something was missing. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. See, this is, this is why I don't go into films expecting stuff because then so shit true. like this, like we were so excited for this. And for it to turn out so bad. But was Kevin Bacon good in it, at least? Yeah. yeah. Please tell me Kevin Bacon was yeah. good. Okay. He was That's all I everywhere. care about is Kevin Bacon. Okay. <laughs> okay, so for the last bit of news, which is the most exciting, obviously. <laughs> Meg is getting all like <laughs> excited and ready. She's ramping her engine up to go off. Is we finally got the trailer. For Pearl. Now, Meg, take over. Go on. Go on, girl. <laughs> Go do your thing. Um, I've watched this trailer, I think, like five or six times. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I am so fucking excited for this. So, Holy and shit. I am excited that it is coming out next month. Like, it's coming out on September 16th. Like, I thought we were going to have a 2023 20, release. Mr. West said, absolutely not. No, let's just go ahead. And I... I'm so excited. Val is going to be out of town when this movie comes out. And I texted Val and I because Val was like, we got to go see this opening night. And I said, you're going to be out of town. I'm going to see it without you. And Val just texted me, you whore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On my defense, I did it. She sent them in multiple texts. So I looked at my phone and said, I'm seeing it without you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I saw that she told me the date and I said, oh, understandable. <laughs> So, That's so funny. I am very excited because obviously Mia Goth is going to be reprising her role as Pearl and she is also co-writer, um, which I've seen a lot of people kind of like freaking out about that online. But to me, like having known so much about X and like its production, this movie Pearl really would not, I don't think would have been a thing without Mia Goth. Ty West has gone on to state that he really didn't have a a backstory or a premise for this character like he did somewhat but Mia Goth brought it to light she truly became Pearl and embodied this character and just created something completely all of her own and that's why she got this co-writing credit um because without her Pearl would not be here so I'm very excited to see what she's gonna do because man she looks fucking twisted in this movie Mm-hmm. I mean, if she, the character as an old lady, she was already twisted. I can't imagine when she's able to walk around and do things. Oh, right. Like, like you said, this character wouldn't be anything without Mia Goth. Like, I, I don't even think if they cast a different actor or actress to portray Pearl, it would give the same vibe. Like, Mia Goth definitely put her whole heart and soul into this role. Yes, so I'm very excited, and I've been telling you both that I keep seeing X slander on my fucking TikTok, and everybody is saying, oh my god, the Pearl trailer, it looks so good, it's gonna be so much better than X. I didn't even like X, but I'm excited for this movie, and I'm just like, you guys are uncultured pieces of shit, okay? Like, what the fuck? X is perfect you don't deserve to watch pearl yeah you don't deserve to watch pearl if you didn't like x because you want to know what get fucked that was god x was so good it was it really was it's going to be so funny that the people saying this like oh it's going to be so much better than x go in and watch pearl and it's going to be exactly like x (laughs) that's what i'm saying like and i've been seeing how people are saying that this film is going to be more artsy and it pisses me off and i think i've told both of you guys like 
the reason why they think that it's artsy is because he's shooting it like it would have been shot in the 20s, which is exactly what he did with X. He shot it like it was a 70s movie and it had that grit to it. And I think that people are used to like kind of seeing that because we aren't as far out from the 70s. So to just like, oh, that's not artistic. But like, if you actually take a step and back and look at it, like he shot that on actual film. Like he did everything like it was in the 70s. Now that he's going to be shooting or he shot a movie like it was in the 20s. Now they're going to be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's like, he literally has already done that. And now you're like on his dick about how artistic it was. But it's like, so was X. Like, fuck you. I was just going to say, these are the type of people that are on the dicks of Martin Scorsese. Yeah. No. Oh my God. He's such a genius. Oh my God. He does everything correctly. No. You like it because you're pretentious. Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that people liked X because of like its grittiness and how like raw it felt at times and i'm like you said like you're just being pretentious like pearl's about to be freaky in this too so it like you said if if you expect this to be completely polar opposite of x you're wrong what were you gonna say val i was gonna say did you see or supposedly that it's supposed to be a trilogy that there's going to be Mm. like third one and someone was saying how that the third one, or at least they were wanting it to be based on like the the Christian cult that Mia Goth's character in X was used to be in. So Ty West did an interview that said that he wanted to create a slasher franchise, and he said in his interview, it can't be a slasher film without multiple movies. So I'm excited, but I also feel like it'd be super cool to see one like in the 50s like that era or even the 60s because you saw that they had that Volkswagen bug in that pond. So like she has done this Mm -hmm. multiple other times. So I think that it would Mm -hmm. be interesting to see her evolution throughout. But also that Christian cult thing would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, he could obviously do a spinoff about the cult. Mm-hmm. Keep it like within the line of the X universe, but like a spin off, and then have like you know the trilogy and see like her other victims throughout the years. So it's very exciting. But these people obviously haven't seen other work from Ty West because otherwise they would not be saying this shit about X. And also thinking about the cult aspect, he's done a cult movie, The Sacrament, and it was fucking crazy. So I would like to see that. I just want to see more of his stuff. So, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm biased. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We all are on this <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, that's all the news that we have to share. So, now let's get into our big topic for today. As you can tell from the title and whatever description meg decides that she's going to write for this which is going to be weird and wacky i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) we are talking about pg psycho goreman which is very exciting i know v introduced this movie to me and i remember when we were trying to watch it i couldn't get it to play on like any of my tvs so i watched Mm. it on my cell phone (laughs) we we, we were facetiming and you were on my laptop and i watched it on my cell phone but it was so good and then i showed trevor and val this movie is a wild ride and if somebody is listening and has not watched pg psycho gorman please watch it this movie is the perfect film for horror fans. Like, if you love cheap, B-rated, 80s, 90s movies, then this one is for you. hmm yeah. And especially if you like practical effects, like practical makeup, it's perfect. Is The monster creations in this is just so funny. Some of the aliens they have <laughs> are just so funny. Yes. But- yeah it i did i watched this before i watched it with meg and i warned her i was like look this is gonna be something (laughs) it's gonna be weird you may not like it but i think you're gonna love it yeah then we watched it 
and obviously I've infected the brain of many <laughs> in America. <laughs> yes, it was written and directed by Stephen Kostansky, I think is how you say his name. And other than the humor in this movie, something that I really, really love is the practical effects. And Kostansky actually did most of that work himself. Um, he did go on to credit Masters FX with helping him with some of the work, but he, like, really put his whole pedisi in this movie. He told Fangoria that this was, like, a pretty much a passion project for him, and he was working on a shoestring budget, and you know that I love special effects. So it was incredible to see all of the different crazy creatures that we got to see on screen on such a small budget. And it really goes to show, like, if you love something and you're passionate about something, you make it happen. A hundred percent. Like, you can definitely see when you watch this film, there is a lot of love put into this, yeah. for sure. Um, so he is a part of a group of filmmakers called Astron 6. And they're all really big fans of horror genre, but like especially films from their childhoods, like, you know, Power Rangers and stuff like that. And he likes to mash up all these different genres that he was into. And he told Fangoria that he imagined like E.T. meets Terminator 2, like that style of story. And he also had done a segment in ABCs of Death 2 um, that has child leads so he just thought what if those kids have like a supernatural being as their pet but what if it was Skeletor instead of He-Man and <laughs> boom we got PG Psycho Gorman okay, but nothing is funnier than child leads who cuss <laughs> absolutely mm, honestly the child leads in this um, are interesting especially the little girl yes <laughs> You either love her or you get really fucking annoyed with her very quickly. Yeah, so the sibling duo of Mimi and Luke, like, I think that they're <laughs> they're one of the funniest pairs of siblings that I've seen in a minute. Like, I have seen a lot of online chatter that people do not like Mimi. Oh. Um, but honestly, I don't think that this movie would be anything without her. And they were saying that when they were casting, like, they auditioned hundreds of girls, and she was in, like, the first one. And Mimi, as a character, has a way of commanding the audience, and I feel like even if she didn't have the gem that they ended up finding, like, she would still be the one in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, when you've got an older brother and you're the youngest sister, especially that dynamic, you can... <laughs> That's speaking from experience here. <laughs> you can be really fucking annoying. <laughs> and you do. True. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> Being the younger sister to an older brother has many pros and cons. One of the pros is that you can annoy the shit out of them. That is so true. And she was very, um, I don't even know the right word, but she bullied Luke on the show. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. he just kind of like took it because I feel like she's just like that character. Took advantage. Like, it's like, well, you're letting me. Yeah. It's like, you're letting me. So like, mm -hmm. whatever. But so. Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, they dig up the title character as well as like this glowing gem while playing a game in their backyard. And just what ensues is honestly one of the funniest movies <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> there is. Oh, I've got so many feelings towards this film. It is just so much fun to watch, um, especially after they find the gem and then they meet psycho gore man and she's just like nope i'm calling you pg nope sorry about it yeah like <laughs> mimi realizes that this gym that they found controls this extraterrestrial and like thank god because he's app like an absolute killing machine dude like so if you have never seen pg psycho gore man think like cinnabites like we see him torture and kill a group of thieves in this warehouse before Mimi and Luke show up. And oh my god, it's gory and just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just the scene when they're in the warehouse and they got he's got one of the thieves frozen. <laughs> and then 
he gets knocked over and all of a sudden there's shatters. Shatters. Like, oh, it's just gooey because obviously he's been frozen. So, like, all your insides are like yucky. <laughs> and it was just so gross, but so, so good. good. Like, you can't tell that this is a low budget film. You feel like that they've. They had a reasonably good budget with everything that they did in this film, especially the practical effects. Um, the the special effects, on the other hand, are a bit yeah. But it it gives me uh... it gives me like how Megan said earlier, like the Power Rangers. Like I I wasn't a super big Power Rangers fan, but I watched enough of it when I was younger. Yeah, where it really gives me like they have like the the bulky costumes, especially like when um. I'll get a little ahead, but like the space assassins when they come, like she gives mm-hmm. me like Power Ranger vibes where they're like bulky and everything, and then the special mm-hmm. effects are interesting. And while we're talking, about- <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> while we're talking about this, you guys, like the budget for this was ninety five thousand dollars. Oh, like they wow. didn't even have a hundred thousand dollars to shoot this film. You can give and- me five more. <laughs> and the thing is, is like. <laughs> They still made like a gory splatter fest. Yeah. Like it was still so so good. So I do appreciate him for that. And PG Psycho Gordman actually introduces himself as the Archduke of Nightmares, <laughs> which is a banger of a name. But like you said, it's really not sitting well with Mimi. And when they were brainstorming and bouncing ideas off of each other, that scene was so cute to me. <laughs> But the name that they did uh, settle on, um, PG for short, um, it was purposely crafted that way. He thought that it would be funny, and he had never seen a movie take a rating title and put it into the title of the movie. And he was like, how funny would it be if this movie was called PG and it was like rated R or unrated? <laughs> because he's definitely not I mean, PG yeah no absolutely <laughs> uh, absolutely not no I love irony like that it's just one of my favorite things it's just uh, and going back to like you know the scenes with them it, the nightmare scene that PG creates <laughs> and then they're just like talking and he's like and they're done he's like what 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 now? And he's like, <laughs> I'm off now. Bye. And he's just in his bed, being surrounded in this like graveyard with these creatures crawling towards him. He's like, but how do I go out? Like, where am I? No, literally, like, Psycho Gorman explains, like, he is not someone to be messed with. He was a slave to the Templars on the planet Gygax, which I didn't know was a reference to D&D. Hmm. Um, and then PG discovered this gem that gave him power, so he gathered an army called the Paladins of Sidon, and they battled the Templars and fucked shit up in the galaxy before the Planetary Alliance stopped them and imprisoned PG on Earth. And the Planetary Alliance, my favorite member is the brain in the glass case with the big ass eyes. I love him. He sees all. Mm-hmm. He really does see all. <laughs> He's really got the brain for it, hasn't he? He really does. <laughs> and I like that they like kind of treat PG as a pet, Mimi and Luke. They like leave him some magazines and like a TV while they're gone. And he ultimately uses that to send an SOS to his army to try and save him. And um, hunky boys. I love that PG is, I believe, a non-binary queer icon queer coded pg is queer coded he says i do not care for Mm -hmm. hunky boys or do i (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh no he's definitely like (laughs) okay but could you imagine like during pride month like a leather daddy psycho i need to see this (laughs) i need Uh, go on divian art they'll be it'll be on there somewhere Listen, if the Bubba Duke can be a queer icon, so can PG Psycho Goldman. Truly, and we keep referring to PG as a he, but like goes by they them pronouns. You know. Me too, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can relate. <laughs> we have a little bit of Psycho Gorman in us. 
That's so sweet. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And so PG has sent out this SOS, but also the Planetary Alliance has sent a heroic fighter, Pandora, to stop PG. And Trevor and I have hypothesized that um, Pandora is actually Angelina Jolie behind that makeup. Her bone structure is exquisite. Now, that was the one that I was like, these special effects, questionable. It's a good but Power Ranger vibes. It. I'm telling you, it's, yeah. it's not the greatest, but... <laughs> hey, everyone loves it. Yeah. That's the thing. Just, you can feel the love. But for me, the best thing from this film is, even though PG is very much like, I don't like these kids, they're annoying and all this stuff, but yet he'll walk around the town with them eating ice cream and getting dressed up as a cowboy yes dude that was like one of my favorite scenes is the montage where they like mimi and luke introduce pg like this huge alien to their family and he's like i will kill you all and they're just like "Uh, pg we're gonna take you shopping and do like the clothing change (laughs) montage with you like i love that and when they're playing in the band and he's playing the drums iconic Uh, when I first watched that scene, when I first watched that, I was so confused. <laughs> but the second time watching it, I was like, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> and like he does all the family tomfoolery, like when they're like peeking into the kitchen when the dad's eating the cookies. Oh my gosh. So good. It's all fun and games though, um, until Alistair is turned into that giant brain creature. <laughs> Poor Alistair. Oh my god. God, yes, that um I will I really feel sorry for Alistair. I really I do. He's just like used and abused in that movie. But honestly, I want to know how they were able to build that big brain creature. Mm. Like it the way it moved as well was so unsettling. <laughs> if Netflix was like doing the, the captions, it'd be like wet squelching. <laughs> like he was Yeah. <laughs> he is the epitome of squelching noises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, oh, my favorite scene with him is obviously like near the end of the film, but in the middle when they're with the policeman, he's like, "Well, I've got to go home now," and they're like, "Okay, bye, bye Alistair." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like turns around and goes, what? "Yes, I love that he's like this big ass creature, but he can still play crazy ball. Like he's still a crazy ball member." Mm-hmm. When, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it you'll just probably be like this sounds like a fever dream and it is <laughs> it is it's a fever dream yeah but it's a great one yeah oh. especially when they killed the cop in that crazy ball scene and then he just like turns the other one into like i don't even know what to call him and like th- I-, I remember when i showed val you kept cracking up when he was walking around and he's just like shooting his gun into the air and he's like trying <laughs> to kill himself yes yes <laughs> he's just like let me die <laughs> and they're like no stop it <laughs> put the gun away honey and he's like kill Not me Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit but obviously when they're walking through that woods and then we get the big well it's not really the big battle scene but like the first big battle scene we get with all of PG's, like, companions, all there, like, if we kill you, we get to be leader. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm like, damn, he sent out an SOS, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna come kill you. And it, that scene, when watching it, the way they were speaking and the way, like, the fight scenes were going out was definitely Power Ranger coded. Absolutely. Like, it's just so funny. Just so funny. It's the, oh, wasn't one of them like a washing machine blender type of monster? Yes. I just, <laughs> just <laughs> if, if anybody listening has not watched PG Psycho Gourmet, it's um, streaming on Shudder. I highly recommend you watch it. But also, if you're not going to watch it, please just like Google what these characters look like, because they mm. are all so uniquely different as well. that It's just like, how did you guys all link up? <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's just also the way that they were created to be so different it's like how did this idea come from someone's brain 
how did they come up with these looking creatures right like he put a lot of work into this and so i get why he calls it like a passion project because like that took a lot like creature concept design takes a lot of like brain power you have endless options and for you to to be able to decide on what these concepts are going to be it is a lot mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah and i think that you had mentioned that like pg was in luke's dreams like i felt like a very freddy krueger like vibe and he was trying to pit luke against mimi while Pandora was pitting the mom against the dad, like, it was a whole, like, it turned into kind of, like, a family drama, it felt like. I was like, ooh, mm. what's going on now? Drama. Mm. <laughs> Very much drama. Yeah. Massive drama. Yeah, but the dad Massive. was lightweight annoying, or at least for me, because... And so was the mom. Yeah, I'm like, pick it up, come on, do some more. Absolutely. When he Honestly. was when he was shoveling in like the first <laughs> dig, he was like, "Oh, my my hand, my wrist." And he was like, "I got to go, guys." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I relate to dad with that, honestly. I'm just like sitting at work like, oh no, my fingers, they hurt. I can't type anymore. Mm. We're not ones for manual labor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I wear these nails. <laughs> but I love that Mimi gets to decide um, the fight that Pandora and PG are going to face. And obviously she chooses none other than Crazy Ball, which is like her and Luke's extreme super challenging to understand dodgeball like i love it and even though pg ends up winning pandora's like fuck this shit (laughs) honestly i would be the same i would be like what is this shit i don't understand anything like pandora she was just like i don't understand what is going on (laughs) how what's going on here yeah exactly and PG gets badly wounded in the fight, and Pandora ultimately dies, but the warrior's death that he gave her is absolutely horrifying. Brutal. And again, the practical effect in this was just, especially in this scene, like, I still don't understand how they had such a small budget, and he managed to do so much with it. Because he loved what he was doing and he was going to do it no matter what. And I really think that that is very admirable. Very true. Very true. And so this conclusion, PG has been like really, really wounded in this fight. And like he's kind of become like a pet to these kids and they don't want to see him die. So they relinquish the gem after some negotiations about sparing their family's lives and you know pg's like all right whatever like i guess because i feel like there's an inkling of like love down there for those children and um the gem's power ends up saving pg um but it becomes you know useless after that and then psycho gourmet goes on to you know destroy their town and like fuck up earth but that family's fine they are yeah. As long as we're safe, we're cool. Yeah, that's that was literally their agreement. <laughs> I like how they were like, let's do this, but you know what? Keep Alistair the same. Yeah. No, 100%. It's just, in a way, it's kind of a heartwarming film yeah. as well. Like, the relationship they build with PG, and in the end, he... he likes them i think no i wouldn't say like him he tolerates them (laughs) i think he respects mimi for sure yeah like for being so strong-minded and demanding (laughs) to say the least but yeah just pg in general the way he he looks as well his special effect well his practical effects and the way he was portrayed by the actor was just honestly fantastic yeah, like just how emotionless he was and how he just he is built for nothing but like destroying and like killing. And mm-hmm. we somehow got to see like this glimmer of emotion and that scene was pretty good. And um the planetary alliance finds out that Psycho Gorman or <laughs> the Archduke of Nightmares has um been restored to his full form, so they just end up killing themselves to skip out on the <laughs> inevitable torture that he is going to rain down upon them. 
I don't blame them. <laughs> no, seriously, like, he's like, I'm gonna torture you for all eternity. Like, fuck, man. They're like, nope, never mind, I'm out. Yeah. They just throw that gun Pace on out. the table. They're like, all right. <laughs> Who wants know, to go first? <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. One of the best films I've watched in a very long time. Yes. And just it's just special as well. When you watch it, you just feel like it's something special. And it should be more watched and more loved by people. Absolutely. Like, this movie is fun and gory and colorful and just something that i have not really ever seen and it's everything that you would want from a low budget horror film you feel the love mm-hmm. you can that's you you can feel the love that was given into the movie when you watch it yeah mm-hmm. and you can tell 100%. that like all of these people like weren't paid a lot like it was a long laborious filming they have long days they because they're working on such a small budget that all of these people truly had to enjoy what they were doing. And that registers when you're watching the movie. Mm-hmm. 100%. So people get a subscription to Shudder. Shudder, hey. Hey, Shudder. <laughs> hey, Shudder. Hey, Betsy. Yeah, um, this is streaming <laughs> on Shudder. And um, it won the best limited release at this year's Chainsaw Awards. So if you haven't, watched it. As it should. As it As should. It should. Um, go stream. PG Psycho Goldman for the Oscars. Yeah, the, he, PG was snubbed at the 2021 Oscars. <laughs> I will just go ahead and say that right now. Um, PG Psycho Gorman for president, 2024. Someone needs to make that edit. We should make that into a bumper sticker. Oh, yes. You know who the VP should be? (laughs) Mimi. Absolutely. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. be real here. Mimi would be the president and Psycho Gorman would just be the face. I was thinking when um, you guys were talking about Mimi earlier, I was like, I could see her being like a commander in one of his armies as they like destroy the planet. No, Mm -hmm. seriously. They were talking about maybe like doing a spinoff or something. Like what would happen after this? And like... Truly, he should bring her back to Gygax, and she she could probably command his army. She'd run it so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it. I need it in my life. Hollywood, <laughs> hire us. Yeah, hire us. <laughs> hey. Contact details. <laughs> um, Hollywood, sponsor us. Um, if you have not um, watched Psycho Gorman and this episode... Um, inspires you to watch it, please shoot us a message on either Twitter, which is at Horror Hunts Pod, or Instagram at Horror Hunts Podcast, and just let us know what you think about the movie. Yes, please. And if you say anything bad, the message is getting deleted, and I'm never reading or contracting you again. (laughs) (laughs) Block. Um... B, when you come to America, can we get PG Psycho Gorman tattoos together? We've already discussed this. Yes. I really want that. The image of him wearing the sunglasses with the big cowboy hat. Amazing. Me too. Okay, great. That'd be it. That'll be it. Okay, we're going to shake hands via FaceTime right now. Wonderful. Thank you. Belle, you can yeah, get can. Um, Alistair. I love Alistair. I want Alistair playing whatever the instrument he was playing. When he was eating with his family at the end of the movie, (laughs) him just... (laughs) How did the parents, like, how is this okay with them? They said Mimi. You know, it's Mimi. This makes perfect and total sense. Just say, I was hanging out with Mimi. Fair enough, that makes sense. Yeah, very fair enough. Um, I love this film, and thank you for introducing it to me, V. Yes, it's, it's so funny so good it was very it was just a very fun watch and it's it's like hearted in the way like if you you know a lot of horror films are very serious these days and this one is just so dumb and so light-hearted it's just a great time to watch so if you need to pick me up you know what to watch now absolutely i love this film i want more funny light-hearted low-budget horror films Especially if mm-hmm. they have this amount of practical effects. Oh, yeah. Like, you know us. We've obviously talked about Shaun of the Dead, which didn't also have a big budget. And I personally really, really love horror comedies. So we just need more of this. Please and thank you. Yes, absolutely. And um, it just goes to show you that um, 
budgets aren't everything. Like you can make a rockin' movie without a large budget, um, as long as you like truly believe in what you're doing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You got the passion there. Great. Find your funds. Find your writer. Get it sorted. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, V, did you have like? Anything else to add to this episode? No, but we do have a song. We to do sing. have a song to sing for our final thoughts today. <laughs> and I'm so excited about it. Um, if you're listening along at home and you know this song, you can join us. V, take it away, baby. <clears throat> I'm the heckin' best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Freak all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Freak off! Banner! Freak off! Freak yourself! <laughs> Amazing. Well done. We're, we're professionals.